Hi, Nick here from Pods with Nick and James. Just a quick one before we get into this podcast. I want to say a massive thank you for the uh, support that we've received since starting these podcasts. We thoroughly enjoy it and we look forward to creating more. If you want to have your say on any topics that we've discussed or suggest future topics, then you can do so at www.reddit.com slash r slash Nick and James Pods. And if you want to support us, you can do so for uh, from as little as £1 a month. And you can do that at www.patreon.com slash pods with Nick and James. Anyway, back to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Pods with Nick and James. I am Nick and this is James. Hi there. Um, today we're we're joined by a lifelong friend of mine called Puds. Say hi Puds. Puds. <laughs> Very good. Um, and today I decided that we would cover a topic which everybody knew we would get to eventually but I thought we might as well cover it now. New year, new us, let's have a go. Um, it's references to extraterrestrials throughout history. Um, have you guys got any ideas of, of any kind of references that might come up during this conversation? James? Uh, um, I have several ideas, like we've spoken a little bit in the past. Um, I know... Uh, that although it's not seen as many as a historical account, and with many good reasons, but I won't go into that. I know in the the Bible, the it's, it's, uh, I can't remember which book it is, which is really annoying me because this is normally the Book of Isaiah seems to be describing uh, a spaceship, and I know that there are. You know what? I'm not going to do too many spoilers. I know there's a couple of things we've talking spoken about um, to do with uh i think it's in hinduism or in uh, yeah just in yeah. indian folklore uh but other than that i'm not i'm not too certain i just know that a lot of people have seen a lot of things throughout history and it is recorded yeah puts anything I'm finding it interesting, um, the whole DNA manipulation, the stories of the earliest religions, like the Sumerians, yeah. talking about the Anunnaki. That's, yeah. that's interesting me at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that, that's something that I'll come to a bit later. That is, I, I've got a bit of story time with Nick a bit later, and we'll cover that. Um, but yeah, obviously, James, you mentioned um, references throughout the Bible. I think one of the most famous um, authors to do with references throughout the Bible was Eric von Daniken, who wrote the book um, Chariots of the Gods. He was raised a Catholic um, and decided through his interpretation of the Bible that there was obviously um, like alien interventions for example there are mentions numerous mentions as the 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 book titles of chariots of the gods um, implying obviously chariots of fire um, and how obviously a a vehicle that was would be entering the atmosphere that early would be seen or a vehicle that would be um, that would be seen that that early in history would be labeled by the only thing that was known well, the most likely thing that was known as in a, a chariot, and anything that comes through the atmosphere would burn up, therefore might be titled um, a chariot of fire, and that's kind of where he was going with that. Um, there's also, um, he references watchers from the book of Daniel as aliens. Um, the watchers, as most people interpret them, are just aliens, fallen angels. Uh, no, are just fallen angels, whereas uh, Eric, Eric von Daniken quite strongly believes that they are aliens. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? It's interesting. I mean, yeah, like, to be fair, ancient people would 
like their only vehicle was either a boat or a chariot and you know what we call spaceships they might very well call a chariot it's just kind of a language thing like with the russians calling their earliest um well their astronauts cosmonauts astra meaning star cosmo meaning you know cosmos it's it's the same it's the same feckin thing but just with a different language yeah there's um an interesting symmetry to what i mentioned earlier the anunnaki mixing changing with the uh, dna the primates there to make humans yeah so and um in the uh, eric von daniken thing you were saying about the watchers it's interesting in the bible it mentions the sons of god mating with the daughters of man and that could easily be construed as some alien interference yeah so so the bible's got many references of angels and even god himself um which if looked like from a different angle would would could be perceived as um aliens obviously if you think of angels and um, and god as highly intelligent beings you could you could see why um and a highly intelligent being appearing to um, the 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 primordial back then, or the the rudimentary human back then, um, they may be given uh, a, almost a celestial or, or, or deity um, status. However, um, they also mentioned that we were supposed to live in naivety until we were tempted um, by the knowledge of the gods um, in the message of the snake. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, um, that's that's interpreted now as the, the the alien knowledge being passed on to humanity when we weren't supposed to have it. Uh, we were supposed to be naive beings that were under the control of the gods. Um, that's the interpretation as far as uh, Eric Van Daniken's book goes, anyway. And yeah, you're right. The the mention of the um, the, the the breeding between the sons of sons of God and the daughters of man, creating the Nephilim, I believe they were labelled as in the Sumerian texts, which were essentially the giants of the Bible. Um, so it interests me that you've also got um, kind of it's somewhat bastardised, but that's also used in the Diablo games, obviously as. Uh... Yeah, it's kind of like what your hero is, and what what's to explain why you're able to go up against uh, ridiculous enemies and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But what other what other other than um, the ancient texts of the Bible, like um, uh, Puds, you mentioned about uh, Sumerian texts. Uh, what... I was just thinking about what Nick was saying about us being docile up to a point and that, that makes me think straight back to the Sumerians again you know how the uh, the gods or the aliens were um, interested in having us under their control and it was wasn't until one of these aliens or gods wanted us to be free that they started teaching us the knowledge that we would need to be able to stand on our own two feet a lot of the stories seem to all um, say the same thing. I find that's very interesting. Especially given the fact the Sumerian texts actually came before that of the Bible and the Hebrew texts. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not the only um, holy book in history to have, or holy books, holy scriptures, to have um, mentions of or references of um, alien or extraterrestrial um Influence. For example, don't want to go there. For example, um, in the Hindu texts and the Hindu Sanskrit writings, there are references to vehicles, which James alluded to a bit earlier, um, called Vimanas. Now, I don't know if you've seen these pictures, guys, but they look... There's even de- detailed diagrams of the construction of what can only be described as flying craft in ancient Hindu texts 
that blows my mind when I heard it and I looked it up and um, I read the read the read what I could of about about the texts. It's absolutely incredible. But if you don't know, uh, listeners, go and have a look up uh, pictures of Vimanas, and they are literally thousands of year old documents um, of these Hindu um, rocket kind of spaceship kind of looking things. Um, think about a, I suppose it kind of looks ziggurat kind of. Um, but if a ziggurat could fly, if you have you seen the Hindu temples in India? So um, just to circle back to it, it is interesting. Like it was, it was really interesting how the architecture was really similar to the Hindu temples. So it's it's a re- what you're describing there. Uh, what what's the name of them again? Because I know you did show them to me a while. The Vimanas were. Yeah, it's it's almost it's part Hindu temple, part spaceship, part for lack of a better way of saying it, Laputa. Uh, for anybody who's seen uh, the Studio Ghibli film about a a floating city, it's and then knowing that these the things that you showed me were drawings from a ancient book um, is well, it's, it do look it, like it, temples it, in the sky. Yeah, yeah, it's literally temples in the sky, and it's uh, they the images do look like blueprints. I can't, I can't say that they don't. It's uh, yeah. Well, I don't know for for a man like myself who does think he understands history. Uh, it was uh, troubling and enlightening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I wasn't just that that I was blown away by, but. Within the Hindu text, there's there's um, there's stories. Obviously, within all holy texts, there's stories of great wars. Now, the Hindu ones are quite interesting because they are stories of their like godlike beings having wars in the sky, um, wars in these kind of flying crafts um, above the earth, above humans. Um, using weapons, which when they sound like nuclear weapons. Exactly. They when they when they're described, they bright they burn brighter than the sun, and they have the power of a thousand thunderbolts and stuff. Um, the 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 impact it it decays life, and the the area was unable to be inhabited for thousands of years after, etc. Um, etc. Et and all these kind of things, if you interpret it in a specific way, um, like they sound like kind of weapons of mass destruction kind of level stuff that we we have to deal with nowadays you know um but they could also be interpreted as other things i don't want to kind of push the fact that they are alien um alien weapons and whatever obviously the one thing that i don't want to do today is kind of say this is what i want i believe in it just i think all of this stuff is really interesting and kind of it's definitely worth hearing um and definitely worth looking into even if you end up just going well that's kind of interesting and then moving on from it um but yeah some of the some of the wars that they had were incredible i mean um i believe i believe oppenheimer quoted the bhagavad gita in his post-nuclear explosion speech, he um, he mentions uh, a few people laughed, a few people cried. Um, I he says I, I was reminded of the the text of the Bhagavad Gita where Vishnu um, or was it Krishna? I can't remember. Um, was talking to the uh, the man he was he was traveling with and he was uh, he he took on his four-armed form and um he, he he quoted i am i have now become death the destroyer of worlds um and that was the quote he used in his his post nuclear explosion or nuclear test um kind of alluding to the fact that oh my god this might have been done before and you know what this is this is absolutely incredible, the kind of power, I won't say good, but definitely incredible. He kind of knew then the level of power that he'd created um, by creating the nuclear bomb. Well, it's, perfect uh, statement. Huh? It was a perfect statement for the event. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was very apt. It's all, it's It's why it's so well played or it's why it's so played and also does appear um 
in pop culture, even in minor game references uh, before the Oppenheimer film. Um, yeah, it's apt. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not not really a reference to Alien. I think I think this one's just a little bit interesting, but it's another fact that I just want to throw out there. Um, you know, at Mecca, um, there is the the Kaaba, which is the 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 big stone box um, oh. that the the Muslims will worship. Do you know there's a stone implanted on the side of that? box in the meteorite well it, it, nobody's been able to obviously it, it would be a massive sin to take a sample of it and test it to know what it is but they say that the stone on the side of the Kaaba was uh was um given to adam the first man um or it uh, it was given to abraham by the angel gabriel um so their 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 perspective of it is that it was it it, it was a celestial um, stone that that was given to the the hint, the the Islamic faith um, by celestial beings. I mean, there is such a although. Oh, so uh, from a personal point of view, I do believe in God, and but I. With aliens, I'm honestly not sure, but I will admit there is, you know, there are some very interesting images out there and there is there is a lot of stuff throughout history. It's interesting that to ancient people, they'd often be one and the same. Like priests in Babylon were more astronomers than astronomers who did a few rituals during the day, uh, astronomers and mathematicians. Uh, more than anything else so it's there is always going to be that that ancient crossover um, between things that move in the heavens and then the idea of a heaven or ascendant being or something along those lines like even uh it's interesting that the carvers got that um got that stone and possibly as you said puts that that meteorite although i'm not going to say i know what it is um, it's interesting that that parallels with the Temple of Artemis in Ephesus, which was founded after a meteorite or a rock fell from the sky uh, and inspired the silversmiths there to start making idols to uh, Artemis, the god of the hunt, uh, from its materials. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's also interesting that Mecca was a holy site before Islam, um, like the the Kaaba and that that place was the centre of Arabic culture uh, and used to house hundreds of idols before um, before Muhammad took the city without bloodshed and well actually no I think he might have destroyed all the idols and then took the city I don't know the order of it I need to research my Islamic history more. Um, but yeah, the Kaaba's been. The Kaaba is an ancient site of worship. Um, sorry, I don't know. It's quite know common. It is quite common. Am I wrong? Did uh, Muhammad live in the Kaaba as like a home at some well, point? I don't. I can't say that for certain. All I know is from what I've read, um, Muhammad lived like a very. <sighs> Oh my god! This I really don't want to offend people, but I'm I'm just going to say it and then we are very ignorant. It, yeah, we, we don't are. wish to offend anybody. Yeah, that's it. From my own research into Islam and into the startings of Islam, Muhammad seems to have lived like a very regular man, and the startings of Islam seem to be incredibly egalitarian to the point where the people didn't know who when. When Muhammad uh, passed on the leadership, um, and I've forgotten the word for the for the leader of Islam at that time, but when he passed it on, quite often those people would be so humble up until about the fifth one, because it was either the fifth or the sixth, because the fifth or the fourth got uh, murdered because they'd pray 
in regular clothes in the mosque in amongst the people and could quite often be mistaken for just a regular bloke um i don't know if muhammad lived in the kaaba at any time but i know that he lived and then seems to have just died of illness in his old age which is different from a number of other uh prophetic figures who you know either ascend or descend or or have a a horrible and violent death um i'll tell you what again, i apologize is... i don't know where i go short thing i don't know i don't think so but i'm happy to be proved wrong uh, by either listeners or by yourself puts i have no idea it does quite nicely hand me over to another um, reference slightly more modern this one um, can anybody tell me a another um, head of um, religious state that lived as a normal man before this, um, before a religion was born from him? Um, referring to any kind of alienness, yes. Yeah, absolutely. With alien reference, this is. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I know of a religion, a religious guy that started up a religion that. A lot of the people in the religion don't realise is very alien based. I was brought up in the Mormon church, which I have no affiliation with, nor do I believe anymore. But I was very much indoctrinated into that. And the guy that started up the Mormon church was Joseph Smith, who was well known at the time for his tall tales. And... Um, after reaching the 33rd degree Scottish Freemasonry, he then started up the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the long and short of it is that they believe um, that God lives on a planet closest to a star called Kolob. A lot of um, LDS Mormons have no idea of this, but they are, if you, th if you think about it, because they also believe that Jesus Christ is the literal son of God and one of his many goddess wives. So they, also, so they believe and worship the son of an alien. If you look, if you look into it, this is exactly what they believe in. Yeah, so I did a bit. Of, I did. I did scratch up a little bit on the Mormon um, faith just to make sure that I had I had everything together before I go on this. Um, so Joseph Smith uh, was visited in a dream by a being that can it can only be Moroni. described as a being called Moroni, um, who told him about the, some scriptures that were hidden under a tree in America. And these scriptures um, were apparently written, um, they were the, the, the notes of Jesus Christ himself, who after his crucifixion and ascension to heaven, returned to minister in America. Um, exactly that. <clears throat> yeah, so Moroni. I think the, I think the pronounce, pronunciation is Moroni, but... Yeah. Annoying. Oh, right, no, the, o correct. the only way. Oh, okay. I'd the, I'd only heard. Uh, I only knew that from the songs, uh, from sadly the Book of Mormon. Um, by the musical. guys that wrote the wrote that wrote South, South Park. Park. Yeah. 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 I haven't Which seen it, but fantastic. I really do want to see it. Yeah. Um, oh, so, it's spot on, and it's brilliant. So Moroni um, was a being who. He wasn't an angel, as people interpreted it within the church. He was actually a being that once lived on Earth, but now resided on a star within the Pleiades star system. Um, so, yeah, he, he was an, an extraterrestrial being. Um, and like you said, Puds, they, they believe that God himself was a being from that same star system, his son. Yes, many gods before him, many gods beside him. Mm -hmm. He was like us, trying to live the most pious life to become a god of his own planet. Now, obviously, that's quite a quite a recent religion, I say, in in um, so in far of historical terms. But there's an even more recent one, which I think has even <laughs> has an even more... Um, 
I would love to hear what you have to say on Scientology. It has an even more outlandish... Um, and now I'm not... Please do not think for a second that I am telling you that this is incorrect. I have to be very careful because they are very sue-happy, this, this church. Um, now you might know Scientology as that Tom Cruise or John Travolta one. Um, because, of course, they are some of the more famous names that are um, within the church. But the... The church itself was the brainchild of a science fiction author, L. Ron Hubbard, who, over the course of his lifetime, published hundreds of fiction stories. In fact, he holds the Guinness World Record for the most published work, works by a human being within his lifetime. It's an incredible fact. I thought that. It's not relevant to the religion, but I thought it was definitely worth adding in there before I went into the, the story of... Um, the Scientologists belief. Now this is not um, common knowledge to members of the church. You have to reach a certain um, level within the church before this information is um, informed to you. By which time I should point out that one one of the practices of Scientology is something they call cleansing which or clearing I think they call it um, which is essentially um, opening up to your deepest, darkest secrets. And all of these things are, um, it's, it's supposed to be clearing your body of um, negativity and, and boxing it away and dealing with that so that you can ascend and be a, a more more enlightened being. Um, but all of the cleaning or cleansing that you have um, is recorded. So by the time you get to this point where you're told the story of Scientology, um, they've got so much on you um, that if you start talking about it then they can throw it out there and kind of like slander you to the point where you will never um, be accepted into society again um, just another point worth mentioning um, but yeah anyway the the story goes that 75 million years ago a dictator called Xenu of the Galactic Confederacy brought humans to earth and dropped them into volcanoes releasing their thetons or souls um, into the environment these Thetans are angry and upset um, and have, co have caused us to become infected by these Thetans um, and we are now um, infected and, and over affected by negative emotions. That's why humans as a, as a, as a race on this planet are so, um, so mentally f uh, negative. Um, and that's what their, their belief is. But an incredible, incredible um, heritage to... Uh, a very modern um, belief system. Hmm. It's very interesting. I have absolutely no criticisms of at all. The silence of James is all I need. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I just... My own religion's hands aren't clean, so it's, it's very difficult to throw stones in a glass house. But having said that, no. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, the, what it's with the okay. I'm somewhat ignorant on this myself, but I actually, so I actually genuinely want to know here. I didn't know that. I knew that the writer of the original Scientology creation stories. Um, was uh was also a science fiction writer i didn't know that they were had produced the most uh held a guinness world record for producing the most work did he specifically mark his writings for the foundation of scientology as oh my god i can't I know this is incredibly ignorant and incredibly stupid, and I apologise for even asking this, but just to put it out there, did he mark them as different from his... Yeah, absolutely. So, work? so he he was actually a general in, in the... Um, he was an officer within the American army. Um, he, he worked... He, he was... There's a lot of uh, questionable circumstances as to why he left the army. However, he says he worked within intelligence, and that's how he came to know the kind of things that he knows. Um, but a lot of, there's been a lot of questions about his uh, mental health following injuries that he sustained within the army. Um, 
and um, so the the American um, government have uh, yeah, questioned him on the part in the past about um, his because there's there's been massive questions to the to the church itself as to whether it is even a church. It has now been quoted as a church and is therefore tax free, despite the thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds that it costs per person to be a member of the church. Um, but um, he himself wasn't necessarily a very well man, um, but he does quite clearly state that this is intelligence that he gained um, over his words, years of working as um, a um, intelligence Mil officer at the yeah, same time as adopting these kind of clearing techniques himself and then he was given the knowledge through the process of clearing and you know it, it's called a, all, all a kind of like an ascendancy to that point almost like you have to be clear before you can fully understand the the um, which is why me talking about it right now shouldn't really offend anybody that is a Scientologist because I'm not clear. I don't have um, the, the clearing status that they have. Therefore, of course, I'm not going to comprehend it in the same way they are. Um, therefore, it's going to sound outlandish to me. However, to them that have ascended to that point of intelligence, obviously, they they can understand it in a way that I... It's beyond me. It is beyond me. Um, so... But... Yeah, there's there's some there's some crazy um, some crazy faiths um, out there. The the references that um, Puds kept alluding back to the Sumerians. I do want to kind of do a little bit of story time with Nick over this one because I thought this one was uh, okay. was absolutely phenomenal. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I'm incredibly ignorant when it comes to both. So all I know is that a number of uh, the creation stories of the ancient world start with uh, the world or the universe as they understand it having a foundation of water. Uh, it's why one of the first people to be um, kind of recognized as a natural philosopher rather than a moral philosopher, uh, natural philosophers later became scientists as we covered in the last episode. Um, but the reason why he said that or one of the reasons why people think that he said that everything is water because it tied in with the Babylonian creation myths. I don't know the Babylonian creation myths. I don't know the Sumerian creation myths. I'd love to hear them. And I'd also... Uh, the reason why I asked about uh, whether the Scientologist uh, writer... Uh, what was his name? Does, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Uh kind of separated it is because even in ancient times there were different genres of writing and so there were mathematician mathematical works there were fictional works there were poetic works and then there were factual works so i just wanted to make sure like um the yeah like even though the bible says some weird outlandish things everything in everything in about the way that it was written and if i'm honest with you the uh, i'm gonna say this even though even though it's probably gonna get me into trouble with a lot of people the lack of entertainment value of it kind of clearly shows that it was supposed to be a form of factual knowledge if that makes sense like and it, as yeah, it all, certainly all doesn't stories read, are supposed to certainly doesn't yeah, read all the like uh, fiction, generations the generations written down and all the laws are very fun to read yeah yeah i'm currently going through them in audiobook i am uh, i'm not finding it easy if i'm honest with you um but moving moving swiftly on from that uh, so yeah, I just wanted to under, under make sure that that particular author of Scientology had separated that from his other works. Yeah, yeah. So he definitely said, didn't say that validated it was fiction. It with, uh... Uh, much the yeah. same as as uh, Joseph Smith, he quite clearly said that it was um, um, prophesied or information that was given to him from um, celestial means. Um, well, didn't he? Uh, I'm really sorry to... Well, I don't mean to make you uncomfortable here, Puds, but... Uh... Oh, happy. Go for it. Anything's cool. good, Mormonism. All right. Give okay, some brilliant, light. Brilliant. Lightning. All right, so... 
is it true that he was saying that he was so the the prophecies that he were given were written down on golden plates that he was using a particular stone or a special yeah so to... um the hill uh i think it was called under the um under the stone the uh the gold plates he was reading through a hat this um strange thing with a seer stone uh, he had put the stone into a hat and then he had put the hat to his face and he was able to understand what these gold plates were saying which were in a different language which nobody else had ever seen by the way okay only joseph smith had seen these gold plates no one else was allowed to see them so the only testament of the gold plates themselves were with joseph smith okay that's right okay cool I just wanted to double, actually double check my facts from the Book of Mormon because that is something that they said. And unfortunately, like although Matt and Trey, uh, sorry, the creators of South Park, are amazing writers, I don't necessarily assume every joke that they make as as factual or accurate. But I just wanted. What to, uh, I can tell you is the episode of South Park where they go into how the Mormon Church began. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen is... that episode. So it's hilarious. I absolutely love that episode. It is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. So you would think there's so much of that. It's just jokes to make you laugh, right? But the thing, the thing that. that makes me laugh the most is every single thing that said word for word, not one thing added or taken away, is exactly what happened. Huh. And that's what makes it funnier. Okay, yeah, that does make it funnier. I yeah. will also admit, and I will also admit, I also love the fact that although they made fun of uh, the Mormon beliefs, what they did at least do continually was point out that that belief system leads them to being good people. Like Randy Fantastic goes around, people. yeah, like Randy goes to <laughs> goes to beat up one of the Mormons. And he goes out there, and the Mormon just turns it round, and he walks in, and like stands like, "Oh, did you go kick his ass?" And he's just like, uh, "No, uh, we're we're going round for dinner next week." What's <laughs> like, a brain Mormon thing? <laughs> uh, uh, just absolutely like you gotta you gotta respect hospitality. Like you know, I'll just anyway. But sorry, yeah. like, moving on. Tangents. Uh, if you haven't seen it, listeners, please do go and watch the episode of South Park. It's definitely worth watching. They also did an episode on Scientology, which is worth a watch. Um, anyway, Sumerians. So this faith is possibly the oldest um, and closest linked with aliens w within human history, um, purely because the story of it is specifically outlining alien intervention in human development. It's absolutely incredible. Now, this, this faith lasted for about 5,000 years. Um, the cuneiform texts that were found were actually only found about, that were, they were carbon dated to about two and a half to 3,000 years BC. However, the faith did exist before that. It was just that that was when people started to write, write it down. Um, so the story goes a little bit like this. Um, it tells of the Anunnaki from the planet Nibiru um, coming to Earth to mine gold in order to purify the atmosphere of their home planet. Um, they brought with them the Igigi, who were a race of slaves who eventually rebelled against the Anunnaki and were slaughtered, leaving the rulers in need of a new race of slaves. They mixed their DNA with that of beings on the planet, namely apes, um, on Earth and created man after many freakish failed attempts, namely the Nephilim, who were giants who had insanely strong um, power, um, but very little intelligence. In reference, of course, David and Goliath in the, in the Bible, the story of the last giant. Um, however, going back to this, Anunnaki's taught humans to build their own dwellings and farms. However, they refused to teach them tool creation for fear that this knowledge would be used against them. Humans were allowed to live within their city, um, specifically within the Garden of Eden in the centre of their city. 
um, where their women lived while the men worked. The men's work, the men's work was to mine gold from the planet in order for the Anunnaki to pu uh, purify their atmosphere. Um, overpopulation led to many being banished from the Garden of Eden. Um, eventually, after a few thousand years, Nibiru returned closer to the Earth, which led to a massive um, problem with the Earth's atmosphere. It warmed the Earth's atmosphere, the polar ice caps melted, it caused insane flooding, um, which gave birth to the Epic of Gilgamesh, and the Anunnaki put what was left of the humans in boats who to ride out the storm, um, to ride out the floods, and eventually travelled back to their um, travelled back to their planet Nibiru, um, leaving humans behind. Not before teaching humans um, tool creation, maths, language, architecture, um, hierarchical societies. They also appointed certain lineages as leaders and demanded they keep their 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 bloodline pure in order to dominate over, uh, in order to. Uh, um, keep dominion over the others. Um, they told them to build pyramids and ziggurats in the formation of celestial constellations in order to guide the Anunnaki back to Earth. So that's the uh, symmetry with what James was saying earlier. With, um, There's so much David symmetry. Dyke and the yeah. royal bloodlines with the... Yeah. Reptilians. There is so much symmetry. It's not just like there's so much symmetry with uh, like the biblical beliefs, the Abrahamic beliefs. Um, there's symmetry there with not just that, but geological sites around the world. You think about the um, Teotihuacan in um, South America. You think about the positioning of the Great Pyramids of Giza and how they are um, positioned within the, um, the formation of the Orion con constellation. Yeah, so. Like there's so many things within that story that that relate to, um, like they they reference other points or they've influenced I suppose in many ways the, uh, the the cultures that exist on the planet worldwide. Um, either that or it's complete coincidence, which I'm very skeptical to believe. There's uh, only too many coincidences mm. you can take. Yeah, now obviously um, Anu was their main god, the Nibiran god, and um, Ki was uh, the earthbound goddess, um, man and wife, um, and that led to the name Anunnaki. Um, and their offspring were Enki and Enlil. Now Enki was a friend of... Um, the humans and Lil was the trickster, uh, if my memory serves anyway. Um, and I believe Enlil was the one that taught um, the humans the intelligence that eventually ended up with them being um, banished from the Garden of Eden. So was the fallen angel that that taught Adam and Eve, um, gave them the fruit of the gods or whatever it was that was in the Bible. I honestly Allegedly. Wasn't, I wasn't expecting to hear anything about the Garden of Eden outside of the biblical references. It's interesting. Oh yes, that, and Nick uh, isn't just um, using that word. If you look into it, it's exactly the same word that the Sumerians used. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which obviously they they speculate that the Garden of Eden was a physical place in um, around the. A Syrian kind of Turkish border, a land which is now completely off limits due to massive um, like turmoil and unrest in the countries. It is very dangerous that you can go and um, visit it. You are likely to encounter a bit of trouble along the way. Um, however, that's the speculation is that it's within that area. Um, however, the Sumerian beliefs obviously they they um, centered around the river Tigris wasn't it in um, Mesopotamia so it's I, I know that um, the biblical uh, references seem to point towards it uh, the Garden of Eden being no it does it's just I don't remember it exactly uh, I apologize for my ignorance I know that it is in the the Golden Crescent I know that it 
it is supposed to be somewhere between the two rivers. I can't remember where exactly. It was off of the Nile somewhere, wasn't it? Oh, the Niles. The Niles, miles, miles, miles. Little, little bit. Trying to think of where the Bible is actually mentioned. I'm sure it was the River Tigris. Yeah, it was the River Tigris and a couple of others, um, which is around Iraq kind of area there. Which is probably the birthplace of humanity, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's what they speculate. Um, That's what they speculate within the uh, Sumerian. Those who have researched the Sumerian beliefs, anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an incredible um, story with massive references towards um, like alien intervention. Um, it really is. It blew my mind when I first heard about it. I was like, "Wow, this is absolutely incredible stuff!" And I <clears throat> watched an entire document documentary about it, um, which has happened to fall out the side of my head, um, unfortunately. But it really did st- a couple were... of things stuck in there if you find that could you send that to me because that yeah, yeah. That, genuinely, that genuinely does sound interesting though the yeah. first episode of ancient civilizations goes into it deeply okay. fantastic but puts if you could send me the link afterwards I'll it's on it. netflix yeah. ancient listen on that ancient... no that one's ancient apocalypse oh yeah no no wrong one wrong. ancient civilizations yeah yeah um okay ancient civilization on on netflix yeah 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 it'd be on dire Okay, fantastic. All right. No, sorry, I realize. Yeah, sorry, listeners. All... I realize that's not good listening for you, but I think it's good for you to know our sources and to, you know, have. Some It'd be good for anyone's watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who wants to have their head completely blown, or their mind completely go for blown? It. So, well, I'm all, I'm already struggling, but go ahead. Outside of of religious um, references, um, I heard a re- I heard a mention of a um, West African race west african peoples called the dogon recently um who they're very much uninfluenced by um the western world and they've had their beliefs and they're very very strong on their beliefs their belief i have a feeling i know where you're going with this their belief is that um has been um their belief was about um serious the Sirius star system. They believed um, for five and a half thousand years that the Sirius star system was a binary star system. Yeah, a fact that was only uncovered by scientists in with modern technology in 1950. Um, the Dogon, who are tribal people worshiping gods from faraway star systems whilst marching around a campfire, I might add. Um, They do say that their ancestors came from Sirius A, um, and this is how they know. And that that in itself blew my mind. You know what I've um, read today? There's a lot of um, ancient peoples. You speak of a time before the moon. Yeah, I heard I heard about that as well. Um, there was a time before the moon, and the moon itself um, was placed um, into our orbit. Um, there's a few interesting things about the moon, though, of course, that they're that are almost very difficult to um, ignore, such as the the um, ringing of a bell um, that it makes, the sound of the bell that it makes when uh, it's impacted. Almost All the like craters seem to be the same depth as well. Yeah, almost like it's hollow. Um, yeah, like like Pud said, there's a there's a certain uh, maximum depth to their craters. Nothing seems to go any distance lower. and the size is perfect so that it completely covers the sun in a total eclipse. Mm-hmm. It's very strange behaviour. Yeah, there's always a point that is constantly pointing at the at the Earth despite its rotation. Yeah, that's odd. It's that doesn't only, normally happen. It's the only celestial body in our own research that we found that behaves that way, and it's actually closer and larger than any other moon that we know of. Um, Very suspect. That I, I will admit it does all... Those things do always weird me out, and I think... Um, okay, so again, this is second-hand, half-remembered knowledge, but I think it's that the moon is both 400 times closer to the earth than the sun 
uh, and also the sun is 400 times times larger. bigger like yeah it's yeah, crazy so, isn't it so it's it, it's exact it does really weird me out that you i don't know it almost seems like an optical illusion you know like the the fact Suspect. that it always it's always the same bit that's facing us and i i just kind of also wonder what um what ancient people would have been able to deduce if they were able to notice it turning you know yeah like i don't i couldn't i couldn't tell you a reference to anybody that, that knew of it turning um however like like pud said there is a number of things about it my the thing that the thing that makes me question or makes me um ooh and are a little bit about the moon is obviously um, NASA's own investigation into because um, as the story goes that as the the um, the fabled moon landing left the the moon they jettisoned their dead weight onto the onto the moon and the the moon itself rang like a bell for a matter of hours afterwards um, not something you would, not something that you would expect from a solid piece of rock, you know, um, and they they were that intrigued by it that on their next unmanned visit to the moon, they deliberately dropped an even larger object onto the moon just to kind of see whether it was a a coincidence or just a happening that that was or some malfunction with their technology. But it did again; it rang for a matter of hours afterwards like a bell. Um, Let's um, glaze over and not touch on the subject that NASA keeps saying we have to figure out how to get past the Van Halen belts to get out of low Earth orbit. And yet, we somehow went to the moon. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely... Um, I mean, there's many scientists that have said we shouldn't even be able to leave the Earth because of the amount of radiation around it's the just Earth. just more interesting stuff. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um... Can anybody tell me of any kind of artwork within history, specific pieces Leonardo of that, Vinci. that ring, your, ring into your mind when it comes to um, alien influences or alien references? Puds, you said Leonardo? Yeah, there's a picture, um, Leonardo da Vinci, where they are... There's something in the sky. We can see two vehicles with people in them. And people say, you know, it could be the moon and the sun, but Leonardo da Vinci was a fantastic artist. And that, that's the Crucifixion of Christ, isn't it? A painting from Kosovo, where the event shows two strange objects in the top left and the top right flying yeah. through the sky, kind of like triangular shapes. The best thing about these shapes is that they actually have people within them. Yes. And I'm I'm under no doubt that um, Leonardo da Vinci would have been able to draw a very accurate looking moon and sun. Yeah, because um, they were quite resort common. to ridiculous images like that. Yeah, quite commonly in uh, just to clarify why um, Puds made that reference, quite commonly within ancient or older um, religious images, next to the the if they ever they ever painted the 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 crucifixion of christ they would normally have a sun and a moon in the sky on the left and the right um which is why you reference that isn't it um, but on this occasion obviously the, the the proverbial sun and moon had beings within them and they looked nothing like suns and moons if i'm honest they look more like pointy it looks like they're rockets using aircraft in, in space mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. sky um yeah james and you know any this is uh, annoyingly one point where I have to completely admit my own ignorance. Um, That's I know okay. That there are I know that there are some, and annoyingly I did uh, I did study art, but uh, it's okay. Come into mind. I I dosed up this morning on my on my facts. Nice. <laughs> so in um, the Atsuru Bune, um, I believe it was Japanese. Um, with the legend that 
says that in 1803, a circular disc-shaped object with glass windows and metal sheets washed ashore. A beautiful female being emerged wearing strange clothes, um, and this myth was immortalised into a piece of art um, from 1803. The, the shape is quite obviously... Um, like disc shaped and like they said it was it was glass and metal that washed ashore <clears throat> um the madonna and saint giovannino this painting shows a shepherd in the background looking up towards a disc shaped object in the sky behind the madonna looking at the baby saint giovannino um in india there are cave is straight up a ufo have you seen it? Yeah, I just looked at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are uh, charamas in India, uh, cave paintings that depict dish-shaped objects and oddly tall beings. Uh, they appear to, sh to show humans worshipping or fearing these beings. Um, but my favourite, and I use this term loosely because I'm not one to have favourites, um, the one that kind of stands out to me the most is the miracle of the snow. Um, Massolino di Panicale painted the Pope Liberius inspecting snowfall in August in Rome. Now, if you don't understand why the Pope himself would be inspecting snowfall in Rome, um, it's because, especially in August, snow doesn't fall in August. <laughs> it's like the height of their summer. So the fact that snow was falling um, in Rome... Um, at that point. Now he's inspecting a piece of ground where the snow is laid, um, a piece of ground which he later had a church built on it. Um, another one of those occurrences, James, reference to your um, comment earlier about a, a happening that enticed a uh, religious site to become um, something. Um, so yeah, the miracle of the snow and in the sky, there's about 28 to 30 strange disc-shaped objects, all of which look like the common, con uh, the common concept of UFOs. Um, the interesting thing about that one is that there's numerous accounts within history where disc-shaped objects are seen in the sky and then a fluttering of white or, or silvery kind of powder then falls down from the sky, no matter where they are on the planet, even if it's in the, high, in, in the center of the desert or something. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting that that would be captured within a painting. Um, unfortunately... Yeah, this is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that, that painting... The, um, the artist is obviously very good. All the people look very well drawn. And yeah. these, um, you couldn't mistake these for clouds. Yeah, obviously I um I will I tell you what we've got a we've got a Reddit haven't we James I I will post these um the links to these images on the Reddit for anybody that is interested um, to have a look at um and there's there's obviously a few um mentions of UFOs within ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics um or at least they can be perceived as, as UFOs, uh, but one of the most interesting um, sculptures that exists, as I mentioned earlier, is the Olmecs of South America have an image carved into a stone showing the great serpent Quetzalcoatl and a craft or forming a craft, and inside this is a human quite clearly wearing some kind of helmet. Um, inside this kind of whilst whilst operating um buttons and switches yeah. um and it looks like uh flames coming out the bottom like a rocket yeah yeah a really interesting um sculpture um if you haven't seen that james it it looks amazing like you it's difficult to explain what it is really difficult it's very interesting yeah i there... want once again i can only apologize to my list to the listeners for my own ignorance about something i should know a huge amount amount about like i i am interested in classical painting but i haven't seen a, a lot of this stuff yeah well as i said i'll i'll um put the links in the reddit uh for people to take a look at um there of course is some um rather large 
objects on the ground in um, South America, which, although they oh, don't are, depict are these... aliens, the fact they exist, it becomes a bit questionable when you think about why they would be there. Yeah, why make an image that you can only see from the sky where ancient people would have no way of getting up there? It's the, up in the sky. It. Yeah, exactly. It's the fact that the ground that they are on would have had to have been sheared, flattened, in order for these sculpt these these images to be imprinted on the earth. Like they weren't. They, they, they weren't just, oh, yeah, we're going to draw a painting here because it's a massive flat area. It became so massive an area um, that they ended up having to remove some of the hillsides in order to continue their their um, images. Absolutely. The incredible. sad thing is this must have been so incredibly important to them. Yeah. And thousands of years later, we have no idea why. Yeah, we're just sitting there going, yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? They put so much effort into something so big, and we can only marvel and wonder. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. Like so much has been lost throughout intro throughout history, and unfortunately, I was holding back the the comment. Ah, oh, so obviously, it wasn't just an afternoon art attack. <laughs> from, what you, from what you've described. Um, the ancient Nazcan Neil Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> Let the camera go up as he just puts his arms out wide. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, but right, like, I really like that because it, it makes sense when it's on a hillside, like um, even in the, by the, close to the seaside town of Folkestone, you've got the white horse. Yeah, you've got the long the man as well. On a, on a hill. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got the long man and stuff, but this, the sheer scale Miniatures. is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like by comparison, these things are tiny. Like it's also interesting that you guys mention about the amount of effort that some ancient societies would go to to produce these things. Like um, I can't remember the official term of it. It's annoying. Uh, the heads on Easter Island, which then caused mass extinction because they'd used all of the wood on the island to move these heads around. I, and not are to... they just heads? No, they're actually bodies below the surface, aren't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're whole bodies. Get out of town. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it... like massive, yeah. Oh, okay. I I didn't know. It's even more terrifying to think of, isn't it? Yeah. That that's that's even more terrifying. That you've just got these massive stone near almost In near the middle Colos of nowhere. Yeah, near Colossus sized statues. Also, all buried up to the neck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. on an island and in all, the middle of the ocean. And all facing out towards the ocean. Interestingly, there's architecture which exists on Easter Island, which is um, similar, if not exact, to architecture which can be found in Egypt, in Japan, in South America, and numerous other sites yeah. around the world. It would make more sense if Easter Island was part of a much bigger landmass at one point that would connect these different places. I mean, it's a shot in the ocean. It is a drop in the well, it's a drop in the ocean rather. Um, like it is a tiny, exactly. tiny island. You you couldn't just the chances of you, I should say, the chances of you just stumbling across it, um, finding it. Going there, going, oh, this is a nice place. Let me go back and get some mates. And then being able to yeah, come let's back. Let's waste a with... load of time making these massive statues in the middle of nowhere where no one's going to find it. It's, it is really incredible stuff. Um, but that's, I think, more of a, um, a terrestrial uh, mystery than an extraterrestrial mm. mystery. Um, but I have reached the end of all of my research. I know there are a, a number of other points. If anybody else in um, of the listeners has anything else that they they want to mention, um, do pop over to our Reddit. Um, they mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but 
that, as I said, is the end of, of my research. Unless anybody else has anything to add, add, I think we can just round off there. Um, something that I forgot to say earlier and really should have said is uh, today was the first day of using my microphone that was given to me by, by, by a friend for Secret Santa. So uh, thank you very much, Secret Santa, for the new microphone. Realise that's great. irrelevant. Aye, thank you very much. Well, thank you to them, uh, I should say. Yes, and thank you to them from us because you your your audio quality is fantastic. Um, anything else from you guys? No, I feel it was a good conversation. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for inviting me. You're more than welcome. It's been a pleasure having you. Aye, absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, I. Once again, this has made me aware of my ignorance, and that's something, uh, yeah, that's something I should celebrate rather than mourn. Um, thank you very much for the research and information, guys. Have a good night. And yourselves. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>